What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, The Unstoppable. Never compromising shirt says today, never compromising Mike C-Rock. And I'm in the house today with Luke Iorio. Did I pronounce that right, Luke? You did. You got it. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Italian. Is that Italian too? Yeah, I have good paisano. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I could do that. I'm pretty good with Italian names. Uh, <laughs> we got Luke in the house today. He's a dad, a spouse, a partner in business and in life, a friend to some lifelong and to some just he met. That's me. I'll fall into that category. He's a meditator, podcaster now, coach, teacher, retreat journey, facilitator, entrepreneur, former CEO, hiker, cycler, runner, nature lover. Uh, da, 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 runner. I can keep going on. Let's just forget about that for a second. What's the main mission you filter everything through, Luke? The main mission I filter everything through? That would encompass all that. Honestly, the way that I look at it right now, it's for myself to be able to anchor in a soul-centered life and based on the way that I live my life to invite other people to do the same. Okay. Got it. So that's what we're talking about, guys. I just went through yeah. all that. But it's really that mission right there. And to start the show properly, Luke, first of all, thank you for being here. I look forward to this conversation. But we got to answer this question like we do every time. What are you made of? What am I made of? I'm made of the same stuff you are. I am made of energy. And I say that not to, not to be facetious, but for us to recognize there is so much more underneath what it is that we are before we even consider who it is that we are. To me, that's important because it it really speaks to the way in which we connect to all different aspects of life, connect to each other, connect to nature, and to remember that in the bits and pieces, we are all coming from the same stuff. Now, for me specifically, what is that energy kind of, how does that get, you know, what does that consist of? For me, at the very center of all of it is inner balance and peace. Because what I've recognized is that when I come at life from that perspective, that's, you know, when I talk about being soul-centered, it comes from that place of inner balance comes from that place of everything always coming out of peace. The way that my life unfolds, the way that my business unfolds, the way everything unfolds for me feels like it's in complete alignment as if I'm living from my core out as opposed to taking the external in and figuring out what do I do with that. Great answer. Great answer. So we need to get some stories about this because obviously when you (laughs) have this and that answer right there tells me that you've had some experiences with being out of alignment and not, vibe, not vibing in the right way and, and not being at peace. So take us there, man. Like, just, just yeah. let's go, man. Let's go. Where, where, where do you want to start? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's the winding journey that we all go on. Uh, how do you find out that, you know, you really love alignment? You get out of alignment. <laughs> so when I was, you know, a variety of things, when I came out of college, I was fortunate. I, uh, I came from a family of entrepreneurs and my first job out of college ended up being working for a small boutique ad agency where I learned all sorts of different things, working directly for the owner. After I came out of that agency, I ended up working for a larger organization, and it taught me just how quickly in the next two years, how much corporate life was just not made for me. It was not a good direction for me. 
But I don't know if I would have seen that for myself, at least not as viscerally for myself, had it not been for the fact that I was on a train the morning of September 11th, heading into Manhattan, not lower Manhattan, but heading into Manhattan, into Midtown. And uh, I watched the events of 9-11 unfold from the uh, Great Lawn outside of Hoboken Terminal across the river from, from the towers. And it's like after- almost like a front row seat. It was a, yeah, exactly. For those that don't know. For those that don't know the area. It's across the Hudson. It's so I'm, I'm sitting there, whatever that is, a, you know, a mile of no, you know, no blocked view watching everything unfold. And some of the things that I experienced that day with the people that I was surrounded with that I didn't even know. And even some of the experiences of trying to get home and back on the train and everything else just ripped me wide open in a way that I had not been open to life and open to my emotions in decades. And as I went through that process, it became just really clear, is this, you know, asking those questions, is this what I want to do with my life? Is this the path? Is this the direction that I really want to go in? Or am I going to pivot towards something that I feel is a lot more meaningful? And so I was fortunate to make that type of a jump. And through a series of, of different choices that I made, I, I'm laughing only because the choices that I made consistently were me coming home to my girlfriend about to be my fiance, my fiance about to be my wife, my wife about to be uh, giving birth to our first child. And every time one of those events was unfolding, I quit my job or started something new. And so constantly changing through, through that whole process. And as I was trying to start one thing, I went into work with my father, which was in business brokerage and intermediary work. I went in, started a marketing consulting firm, had all of those things going, but it never felt like it quite was me. And then I got lucky that through happenstance, I joined the Institute for Professional Excellence and Coaching, which people know around the world as IPEC. Uh, it's one of the largest, most reputed coach training certification institutes there is in the world. And I joined them when I was about 26. And joined so them, joined them as learning to coach or as an I, I learned both. So I jumped in to learn to coach. I jumped in to then head up sales and marketing for them. In a short time, I was running operations, then president, and then CEO for uh, just shy of seven years. So, Luke, before and, before we go deeper into that, like, what made yeah. you? Do you remember when you made the decision to do that, or what you were looking for when you were looking for that kind of thing? Um, no, like, was it- I? Well, that's not. I so much. You know, so so much of this the 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 path that we all follow is it's a lot of kind of stumbling around in the dark for a while, and that's what it felt like even in the early years. And there was something that drew me towards coaching, and it drew me towards that training work. But I couldn't have told, told you exactly what it was. I knew there was something about the way that we could empower others. I knew there was something about the way in which we could support others to kind of be the stewards, the sovereigns of their own path uh, and really tap into that within themselves to draw that out. I can tell you that now. I didn't know that at the time. And even when I went through that path, and I think this is kind of the last you know, stage of, of where I'm at in this journey right now, is that I, you know, I go through all of this. I get to the point where I'm the CEO of the, I take over for the founder as the CEO at age 32 of what was then a highly reputed and, and world-renowned institute. And I'm running a CEO for about five years in, and all of a sudden I hit a complete wall of burnout. And because I recognize even doing this work that I cared about, even working on a mission that I thought was incredibly purposeful, I went through that whole process. And at the end of the day, the way I was positioned in the organization, meaning managing things, executing things, being an operator, being behind a desk, not being on the front lines of doing work, not really feeling like I was directly involved in the transformation of what was going on. The fact that we were now running an organization and that needed to take precedent over some of the things that I wanted to start sharing just personally, some personal journeys and vulnerabilities that I had gone through, it was no longer an alignment. And it it's something that I had to come to grips with. And it took me a couple of years to get through this. Because when you reach a point where you feel like, oh my God, I've achieved the purpose that I went out to achieve, 
And I no longer fulfill, feel fulfilled by that. All of a sudden, it feels like things start to crumble around you. Like, what, what did I work for? I thought this was it. I thought this was the whole thing was going to come together. And then you recognize that it's not it. And you know, for part of that journey of getting out of that stage, I would have told you that, wow, maybe I was, maybe I was off. Maybe that wasn't my purpose. And that's not true. It was just that my, my purpose changed because I changed. And the way that I evolved needed to take a slightly different direction. And so uh, ultimately that we did, I've got other partners in the Institute who, one of whom took over as CEO. And ultimately it, it led to me being able to, to exit from the business after a no, you know, number of years. But that was a really tough moment to come to grips with. Like everything I'd worked for that was the definition of what I thought was alignment to where I was going to be for the next 15, 20 years. And all of a sudden it just was no longer true. First of all, the identity factor, like you yes, were aden- your exactly. identity felt like Right. And um, this is one of the reasons that you see this on the wall behind me, C Rock and the logo, is because I wanted to create, I was in the same space in real estate and mortgages. And I, when, when one of our companies crumbled, I felt like I lost my identity yes. and something that I would have yep. been working for all this time. And I, exactly. and I just vowed next time, you know what? I'm not a mortgage guy anymore. I happen to do mortgages as one of my flows or one of my vehicles. Yeah. So yes. My garage is full, man. I got a lot of big, giant garage, <laughs> right? That's just one of the cars. C-Rock is C-Rock and I can do a lot of things, right? Is that exactly. kind of similar what you're dealing with? It is. You know, it is. It's, it's that I needed a, a, a different way of being able to express. And, you know, we get lost where we begin to assume that the vehicle that we're driving is the purpose, is who we are. But that's not the case. It's just carrying the purpose. And so, like you said, you were, you were in mortgages and now you've, you do what you do with Blueprint and, and all these different things that you do. Those are just vehicles that carry some element of who you are, your purpose, and your mission out into the world in some capacity. And so I needed to get back to a place where, number one, that I knew myself again at that level. And frankly, that's going to be a lifelong journey. I don't think we ever fully know who we are until we're on the other side of this thing. And yet, as I get to know more and more, it's then about what are the vehicles that align to that, not just in terms of certainly strength and talent. That's obviously a key piece of it. But also in terms of the difference I want to see in the world, what is the, what are the differences that I want to make? How is it that I want to feed? I talk about what am I made of energy? What is that energy that I want to feed into other parts of our society and of our lives and of our businesses that at the end of this journey for me on this walk of life, I can turn back and go, I got no regrets. I yeah. put into the world more and more of who I am than I ever could have hoped for. I'm good with that. Well, I could tell you also the other thing I was going to tell you. Yeah. And I'm in full alignment with what you just said too. What you said with like, you thought about doing 15, next 15, 20 years. I don't want to, man, listen, <laughs> my wife is the only thing I want one of. And <laughs> I couldn't imagine doing the same thing for 15, right? 20 years, except I have been in mortgages for that long, 05, 17 years now, but I've been doing other things since then. So like, right. I couldn't imagine that anymore at this stage of my life. Right. Like I just want like blueprinted, for example, I'm going to exit yeah. that sucker, man. Like that's yeah. going to be an exit. I'm not going to be, I'm not staying in that for like tens of years. There's no way. So, yeah. <laughs> so Luke, what's the vision now? Like, where are you sitting now that you've exited that company? Mm-hmm. Um, like what, what has your, been your focus lately? How did you start exploring you? Cause I have my ways I've done. I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but I've been on a great journey right now, spiritual mm-hmm. journey, finding out who I am. And, and uh, it's not this body, by the way, you know, it's, that's, Honestly, Mike, that's that's what it's been for me. So even to describe what I'm I've been doing recently, it's this last, you know, like six, seven years since I, I had that realization that the alignment, the purpose that I had set out was no longer where I wanted to be. I uh, frankly I hit a stage of burnout. I needed to hit burnout to really come to that conclusion. And the last six, seven years has all been just a spiritual journey. 
And so, you know, I've, I've traveled through all sorts of things. Initially, it was exploring things like mindfulness because I thought that was a certain way of settling down and settling in, which it is. But I also took it with a connection to its Buddhist foundation. So I didn't take a secular version of it because I wanted the deeper kind of spiritual relationship and underpinnings that were there. Well, the further I went into that, that introduced me to you know, the, the other legs of Buddhism. That introduced me ultimately to the Tao. Then I studied all sorts of Eastern philosophies. I've studied Gnosticism. I've studied Christ consciousness outside of the confines of, of organized religion. I have studied with the indigenous. I've studied shamanic practice and just kind of across the board, all with this idea of all of these different traditions, all these. And actually, I should also say I've also studied neuroscience and positive psychology and the contemporary side of this as well, uh, which there's incredible parallels there with ancient wisdom, which I love. Yeah, um, yeah. All of this, right, is just with this exploration. These are different perspectives that help us get to the truth of who we are. And there are different ways of us learning how to reach into ourselves to find that fulfillment that already exists, that wholeness that already exists within us, and figuring out which is the path that we most resonate with that allows us to kind of, as, as you know, Abraham Lincoln said, to live from our better angels. And so I've been on that journey and I've studied a lot of different things. I'm somebody who's very multidisciplinary in the way that I learn and the way that I then apply through different things I do. And so I've gone on that path and gone on that walk to, uh, to see and feel these different experiences and see what it brought out in me. And it brought out a lot of things in terms of deeper knowledge of myself, but also a deeper relationship with my own faith and things like that. Now, what I'm doing right now in what it's led to is one, I actually just mentioned to you, I, I launched a recent podcast called On This Walk, and it's really chronicling a lot of the journey that I've been on, a lot of the topics, themes, and conversations that I've either had, have had with myself, that I've had with clients, that I've had with advisors and coaches and mentors through these years. And I'm kind of sharing that very openly and very vulnerably with everybody that's tuning in right now. And it's also creating a space for, it's honestly, I'm not bringing on a lot of experts. I'm bringing on a lot of people like you, know, you and I that are on the journey, that are on this walk to share what they're going through, what they've been through, what they're still walking with. And then we can draw in some of the information that we need that supports our journey. And so I've been doing that. I've, I've, I've got that launched and, and it's now on all the, all the podcasts. If you're listening to this, you can find On This Walk. And honestly, that's what my coaching practice looks like. And I, I do not coach with a lot of individual clients. I do have some, but it's funny. I, I, when they contact me, I don't even, I tell them, listen, if you want to call me coach, call me coach, but you can call me a coach, a mentor, a guide, a facilitator, a teacher. It doesn't really matter. I'm going to draw on all the modalities that I've studied and all of the traditions that I've studied to support you on your walk based on where you are. So I just simply turn to my clients and say, I walk with you. And for me, the focus of that is, is really their spiritual journey. The funny thing that's come out of it is almost everybody that I coach is some form of an entrepreneur and almost every single, actually every single one of them can tell you their business has grown as a result of not working on their business, but working on who they are and their, their yeah. spirituality. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Where'd you grow up? A Catholic, Christian? Yeah. Like, grew up Roman okay. Catholic. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so how does how does like getting bits and pieces of everything that you studied? Mm-hmm. How do you implement that? And then how do you also not contradict like any one of them? And, and by the way, when you're growing up in a Christian, Catholic, I think Muslims the same way, like they tell you, be careful of 
be careful of false religions. Yeah. Don't don't worship it, you know, and, and they, they really scare the crap out of you about even exploring oh, yeah. or, or asking questions, which I don't, you know, I, I really have a problem with the fact that that said, and I don't think that God said that. I mean, I yeah. do, you know, there was things that, you know, in the Bible that talks about God says you can only serve one master. I get that, but not, not, no, don't ask questions and don't explore and, and seek understanding and knowledge. You know, it's, it's for me, I guess the, the, the biggest thing is that it needed to be a personal relationship. And I, I'd say that spirituality is a very, very personal relationship with the divine. And for me, I needed to feel like I was in that direct connection and communion in some capacity to feel like I was receiving that truth, that love, that peace that comes in from our soul and comes out into the world. And so a lot of, it's funny because a lot of the practices that I have, I've learned through the years and a lot of the, the different wisdom traditions, whether it's Buddhism or some of the most recent work I was, I was lucky enough to do studying with some indig- indigenous lineages, they've ironically deepened my faith that I have, which predominantly is still through Jesus or through Yeshua. And so I have actually found most of, almost all of these traditions to be much more complementary of each other and supportive of each other than you would, you would know by listening to you know, the, the myths, the illusions, the media, and, and things like that that are out there. There's a lot more commonality. And so- Is it, for, is it because they want to have divisiveness and they don't want people it's, bounding together as for it to keep I don't, power yeah. in place? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to over hypothesize on it, but I mean, if if you just look at the traditions, why not? Of why it, not? What the heck? <laughs> this is a safe space. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the at the end of the day, these are all man created organizations, regardless of the faith that that came from it. And man is fallible. And when the organizations become big enough, where they need to worry about their own identity, going back to what we were talking about before, where they need to worry about their own identity, then it becomes about maintaining that power, maintaining that position, as opposed to serving the real mission which is about the individuals that are in the temple, the church, the mosque, or, or what have you. And so, yeah, unfortunately, you know, there's decisions to be made by humans in, in the name of something beyond us. And that is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for me, I think it's, it's one of the reasons why we've seen such a, a, a change in the way that people consider religion right now. And there has been a mass exodus from organized religion. And people are looking for much more personal experience with spirituality. I found that you know through multiple multiple modalities, but if I use the indigenous just as my most recent example, it got me connected to being in nature in a completely different way, and just seeing the the blessing and the gift and the connection that is all around us at all times. Well, that just deepened my connection to my own soul and my own spirituality, and if, it didn't take anything away. It didn't it didn't change what my faith is. It actually deepened my faith. Yeah, and yeah. so. What what that does, if I take that then just to a slightly more practical level at the moment, is that every single one of us is walking around with multiple voices within us, right? So we can hear many different voices of the ego that comes out in different ways. We can hear you know the parts of us that we've kind of disowned, that we've repressed. We can hear the parts of us that are more dominant, more commanding, because that's the way that we've charged through life or created our own sense of safety or security. And in the midst of all of that, I've repeatedly have found, and a lot of the teachers have found through the years and through the centuries, that there is that subtle voice, that inner teacher that resides within. And some will call that intuition. Some will call that soul. Some will just call it their inner teacher, their guide, whatever. I don't consciousness. Call it whatever works for you. But there's that inner voice that is constantly trying to guide us. And when I looked back at my, my story, look back at my journey and the different times where I was in alignment or out of alignment, that voice was always there telling me what was going on before I was running at a challenge. The mm-hmm. problem was, was I was listening to the loudest voices in my head 
that wanted the next big goal, that wanted the next big vision, that wanted the next achievement, that was like, no, 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 my life is supposed to look like this and I'm going to keep going this way. And so we get completely caught up in that kind of tunnel vision and momentum in that direction when there's this small, still voice just saying, hey, just wait, take a pause. You're not in peace at the moment. Come back here. Look at what's going on because you may find that this over here is not what you want. And that thing over there that you've like been trying to turn a blind eye to is what you've actually wanted for the last 10 years. And that voice to me is always there. It can guide the small decisions and more, most importantly, it guides the really, really big decisions. That speaks clearly to me because of the path I've been on. And so what, what kind of meditation do you do? And how, like how often, like what's the routine? Yeah, I predominantly practice mindfulness meditation. I still find that that is my best gateway in uh, for somebody who operated just as background for people, for somebody who operated from the neck up for the vast majority of my life. I needed to learn that I actually had a body. And so mindfulness uh-huh. dropped me into that experience and got me a lot more present and it connects me that way. Now, once I'm there, it opens up a lot more of a kind of a contemplative space and yeah. a, a visionary or imaginal space that has opened up incredible ideas and conversations and insight for me. So it's predominantly mindfulness. Um, I meditate. Uh, it's every single day, every morning I'm meditating sometimes, usually a minimum of about 15 minutes. Sometimes it'll be 30 or 45 minutes because I, it's become that important to me. And then there's usually a second time of the day, but it's not always the same. It's not always the same like sitting meditation. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, it's, it's usually very often either some type of a walking meditation or being out in nature somewhere where I'm going to take the extra 10, 15 minutes and just listen to the leaves, listen to the brook that's through the stream that's going by, listen to mm-hmm. the birds, whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah, use the sensory, it. right? The sensory aspect of nature to drop us deeper. Yeah. I'll tell you, I've been practicing it and, and it's, uh, it's been amazing. Yeah. It's been amazing. Like I can tell you, for those listening, like in the mortgage space, rates have gone up. It's an uneasy time in real estate and mortgages right now. A lot of people are laying off company or employees. And, you know, we're kind of contracting to expand later on, right? We're trying to like weather the storm is what, yeah. what the thing is. Now, I usually back in the past when this happened, 08 and all that, ah, man, I would be stressed, like feeling like, man, and I don't have any of that right now. I have this feeling inside that everything is great. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm like future focused. I feel like in control. And the other thing is, is that I have do have this little thing that keeps slipping in. Like, wait a minute, why are you feeling so good? Why are you feeling so good? Right. You, know, you shouldn't be feeling like that right now. The mortgage business, and it's not like that. Now, maybe that's because yeah. I prepared. The, the, the meditation is definitely a part of it, but I prepared for this, this uh, cycle, let's call it, yeah. with other other flows of, to set up and, uh, yeah. and, and the future, like a future. Well, I, a future I mean, that's- yeah. I need to wear shades. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's, it's, you know, so part, part of it obviously is, is some of the, the setup that was there. It is, you know, knowing that certain needs are already met for you in that regard. All of those things are true. And when you deepen into a meditation practice, one of the things that it helps you do is to just simply accept what is. So, so much of the resistance and the stress that's occurring right now is that people want to cling on to what was there yesterday, or they want to yeah, try to run yeah. forward to what's going to be tomorrow. And that's just, it's not true. Yep. What's here today is what's here today. I'm not saying that you don't do anything. I'm not saying that you resign yourself to it, but you've got to accept what is to then figure out what do I want to do with what is, as opposed to living the past or clamoring for a future that is undeterminate right now anyway. 100% that describes it. Yep. You know, and even though like as we're going these startups, like I have no idea what the hell I'm doing half the time. When I say that, I'm sure I have an idea, but but like like a lot of times it feels like that. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, but like, then I have this saying, I always use Lucas thrust is a must. 
Like I just tell myself when I get in any of that like doubt or uncertain, hey, just keep going, just keep going. Thrust is a must, you know. So, so coaching. Uh, as we wind down here, I want to wind down with this yep. coaching. What does coaching mean to you? Like, what does it mean to coach someone? I mean, if it at this point for me, coaching really is about the creation of a space in which an individual can really truly learn how to tap into the power that resides within themselves to be able to find their own answers, to be able to chart their course, to be able to chart their healing from that space. I do not prescribe to, and I know that it's a lot of what's out there. Your coach is not your guru. Your coach is not your advisor. Your coach is not your therapist. They are not the person who is supposed to be telling you everything in terms of what you're supposed to do in all of the steps. That is not coaching. That's consulting. It's mentoring. There's a place for that. But coaching is meant to help you to connect to that part of, of power that it resides already within you. Uh, it's kind of like evoking that inner teacher is really what the result of that coaching should be. And so uh, to me, that's, that's what it is. It's really helping people tap into that so they really understand what it means to be self-empowered. Yeah, I love that, man. That's exactly what I was looking for. Because a lot of coaches are consultants and mentors. They call themselves coaches, and then they're telling yeah. people what to do. And they're speaking from their experience and not asking any questions, not even listening. You know, And uh, that's why my mentor, Rich, Rich Dolan, says coaching will fail you. <laughs> so yeah, man, I love it. So, so what are you working on now, Luke? Like, what's the, the vision for the future? Like, what do you got your like sight set on now? And yeah. uh, and how can my audience engage with you? Yeah, best way to engage with me is do me a favor, uh, follow on this walk. So you're already in the app. Go to on this walk, look it up, subscribe, rate, review, do all the things, please. It's also the same thing for the website is onthiswalk.com. That's where you'll find me in terms of the coaching. You'll find me in terms of the show and in terms of what's unfolding. This is I'm I'm at a cool place right now. I'm actually just as curious as you are. I get to watch this unfold. I don't have a plan for where this is all going to be six or 12 months from now. I am in the midst of just the conversations that are emerging through this work, through the show, through the conversations and, and individuals I'm having there, through network, such as you know Mike with yourself, just a, extraordinary to see the way some of these conversations are unfolding. And I'm allowing those to kind of come to me and sit with, hmm, where do I want to take this next chapter? Yeah, I love it. So uh, have you read the uh, Surrender Experiment? Yeah. Yeah. That, that that book like tripped me out, man. Yep. In a good way. You know, <laughs> that's, that's that's where I started yep. like really getting into this, you know. That's uh yeah. that book has been a big influence and and that philosophy well describes what I'm doing right now. Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. I love it. Well, look, Luke, thanks so much for being here. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation that you had or we had today that you were listening to or watching. And uh, you know, if you like this, go subscribe. Please comment, rate this, let us know what you think. We want to keep bringing you great guests just like Luke. And we're going to keep being unstoppable. And I want you to, until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's mikecrock.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.